this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome to the Battleground. It is Friday, 16th September in the year of our Lord, 2022. I have Jack Basovic, Calamity Jane Zirkel, Captain Maureen Bannon. We're all here at the Great Reset Conference in the greater Phoenix metro area. But I want to go to uh, Texas, to Houston, Texas, and talk about the Border Summit Hackathon. We had Laura Logan on yesterday. Talk to us about it. Laura, first off, tell us about the hackathon. What was the purpose? What was presented? And then I want to talk about this security briefing that you said was going to be promulgated today, ma'am. Okay, so what this is what this is about, Steve. What our government is supposed to do, what they ordinarily do is they uh, evaluate national security threats. And in the national threat assessment, they present this to the American people, to policymakers, to lawmakers, and so on, so that we can do something about it, right? So that we make decisions based on real knowledge. And the uh, federal government has failed to do its job for several years now. There has been no threat assessment that has properly identified the national security threat posed by the transformation of the cartels in Mexico, which were once drug organizations decades ago, and that are now among the most violent transnational criminal organizations anywhere on the earth. And basically, people in Texas, like many other people across the country, have had enough, right? The Texas, the federal government has been derelict in its duty. They failed to do their job. The intelligence agencies, the military, the Department of Homeland Security, there are many people who are complicit in this failure and it spans both sides of the aisle. Republicans have to take responsibility as much as Democrats. And so what has happened is that the people have stood up and you have, for the first time ever, a privately funded uh, military, you know, uh, in the, in, the uh, in light of how the military does it, a threat assessment that identifies the national security threat that this country is facing. And in a couple of weeks, on the 1st of October, um, they will launch this three-week border hackathon, which is meant to crowdsource. It's based on the model created by Stanford University. It's used by the Department of Defense. It's used by the Department of State. They call it hacking for democracy or hacking for defense and so on. This is hacking to protect uh, the southern border, bringing together crowdsourcing, you know, anyone who, ha who believes they have a stake in this. And the concept is your legislators have failed you. Your government has failed you. Your intelligence community has failed you. And so now the people are taking the power back. They're putting it back in the hands of the people because this is a government of the people and for the people and by the people. And they're going to crowdsource, come up with solutions. There are some cash prizes for those solutions that are adopted. But most importantly, they'll break into working groups who are going to go down to the county level and the local level where sheriffs have the right and the ability to make a difference and where people can enact some of these solutions. And I mean, basically, it's people who recognize that the invasion of the southern border, regardless of what the Biden administration wants to call it, they can say what they like. They can remove the language of illegal from the language of border patrol and law enforcement and the media and so on. But they cannot change the truth. 
And the truth is that we are in the midst of the worst crisis this country has ever seen. It's an attack on the sovereignty of this nation. And it feeds back into precisely what you are doing right there, where you talk about the Great Reset. This is a major part of it, because the plan uh, from the people at the Reset who want to obliterate not just the United States, but all nations, is first of Canada, Mexico, and, and the United States as a gradual step towards obliterating sovereignty and, and having power over the whole, the, the whole globe. And that shouldn't shock people. It shouldn't sh sound conspiratorial because people have fought for world domination since the beginning of time. Here's what, and, and by the way, Jack Vasovic joins me uh, from Human Events Daily and Turning Point USA, and he's a former naval intelligence officer, uh, was stationed in uh, in China, speaks perfect Mandarin, and reads it. I was a surface warfare officer, and obviously in the White House and in the Pentagon. I think explain to our audience, particularly people who are maybe not that up to speed on on uh, on national security. When you say threat assessment, this is not just like some paper. Walk through. You know, when, when you talk about a threat assessment in the southern, southern border, what are you specifically talking about? And what was the expertise? Yeah. I know you probably can't name the names, but the expertise and the credentials of those people that actually put this together to give this credibility, ma'am. Okay, so the last uh, threat assessment that was done, I think it was back in 2011, I may be off by a year or two. Um, the person who put that threat assessment together was involved in putting this threat assessment together. This is not a random group of people who just thought they'd give it a try. These are people with firsthand experience of every single aspect of what it takes to secure the southern border. The, the person who was responsible for the technology that we use today the drawbridge camera system that is used in, in all across the Texas border, the thousands of cameras that are hidden along there, the ground sensors and everything else. This, this system of technology that alerts Border Patrol and law enforcement to um, where there are uh, people crossing, uh, people that you may have missed that may have escaped between the ports of entry and gone past Border Patrol. This entire system of technology that is currently in place, the, the architect of that system was one of the contributors to this threat assessment. And it, it breaks down the threats. One of the things that it does, some people may be familiar with the evolution of the Mexican cartels. Most people in this country staggeringly are not. And what it does is it traces how these cartels have transformed from the beginning where they were drug trafficking in drugs to um, to when uh, Los Zetas was formed, which was really made up of an elite unit of the Mexican Special um, Operations Forces, El Gafe. And they were trained, yes, they were, among them, they were trained by uh, elements within the U.S., Green Berets here who were training our counterparts in Mexico. And unfortunately, one of these units defected almost en masse and brought that tradecraft and technology with them. And they brought that into the cartels and militarized the operations of the Mexican cartels. And anyone who's familiar with the cartels will tell you that when one cartel acquires a certain capability, they proliferate that throughout all the other cartels because nobody wants to be left behind. And so what you saw was the beginning of what is developed today into, into vast transnational criminal organizations who have militarized units of special operations who are trained by different special operations forces without, you know, throughout other countries and throughout the world who have um, taken their tradecraft and they're turned into narco-terror organizations. And the other thing that the assessment does is document in detail how human smuggling and human trafficking has become so lucrative 
that the cartels who didn't want to touch any of this before because their their rat lines for the narcotics were so valuable to them they would never risk pushing people along those lines well all of that has changed and instead of just taking a cut from the human smuggling operations the cartels are now running it and what has happened thanks to the open border ideologues within the Biden administration and across sprinkled across our government what has happened is now those cartels are richer and more powerful than ever. More people are being trafficked than ever in the history of this nation, right? From the beginning of time. I mean, ever since slavery was something that we should be concerned about as Americans, we have never seen slavery on the, on the level and scale that it is happening now. People are, are slaves for their labor, their debt slaves, and their sex slaves. And it is staggering. It is absolutely staggering that we would live in a time of such militancy coming from political forces in this country, right? That we have slavery shoved down our throats every second minute of the day. And yet those very same people shoving it down our throats, directing our agencies to turn their power against American citizens, they're quite, they have no problem with hundreds of thousands of people being forced into slavery across the southern border and hundreds of thousands of children being forced into sexual slavery, where uh, the longest that any of them has the chance of surviving is about two years and where many of them are raped for money until they're dead, right? That's what we're talking about. But we don't want to discuss that. No, we don't want to talk about that. We want those evil Trump supporters, right? We want those dangerous conservatives, those pro-lifers, well. right? Those who want to go to uh, meetings at their schools and want to have a say in what their children are learning. We want to direct our law enforcement agencies on our own people, and we want to completely ignore this national security threat. Well, you know what? There are people who are saying, no, we're not going to go along with that. We've had enough, and we're not going to stand by anymore while this country's sovereignty is obliterated, where the rights of American citizens are trampled, and where the federal government gets up every day and they lie and they lie and they lie. And their puppets and their operatives across the media help them in this deception, in, pre in uh, preventing the American people from learning the truth. So this, this threat assessment was put together by people who have done the previous threat assessments, by people who are on the ground, by people who have spent 10, 20, 30, 40 years in law enforcement, in counterterrorism, in every part of the border that you can imagine. There was also someone who spoke today from one of the agencies, well, one of the organizations that's on the front line of the trafficking issue, dealing firsthand with trafficking victims. You know what they tell us? They've got nowhere to put these kids. They don't know how, what to do with them after they're rescued or those that they can help because there is nowhere to put them and nobody is helping. And they have one question for America. This is what I want. Uh, this is what I want to uh, give to you, Steve. You can ask this question every day on your show and it would never be enough. Where are all the children? What happened to them? Where did they go? We want to ask of, the, of this administration, of the Department of Health and Human Services, of the Department of CPS, where are all the missing children? Uh, okay, and I, I, I want Jack. I want I want Jack, I want Jack to jump in here in a second because he, he's he's naval intelligence. But here, okay. No, but here here's the question, Jack. Jump in here a second. You know, so much has been made and, and and mocked and ridiculed of people like the Q people, people that believe in Q, or people that follow that. People, some of these other. Uh, 
folks that promulgate some of this information. They've been mocked and ridiculed. Now they're all over President Trump, I think, because he retweeted or put up on Truth Social one of their sayings or one of their memes. Is this report, is this threat assessment by professionals that have been in this business, are they going to be able to actually go chapter and verse and provide backup so then we can get it on the table to ask these agencies where these kids are so we can actually see, to get it out of the, the, the realm of conspiracy theory, or whatever they say, so we can finally have a national conversation about exactly what's been going on here and why there have been so many children trafficked across the border and where are they? Is this threat assessment going to be the document that we can use to start to have a national conversation on this topic, ma'am? The information contained in this threat assessment and the people who put it together have the ability to do that, right? This is this can open people's eyes. But as you know, Steve, none of us are prophets, right? And none of us are fully in control. They will do everything that they can to suppress it. They will do everything that they can to discredit it. And it is beholden on each and every one of us. You don't just have to take everything that's in the threat assessment at face value. You can figure it out. You can research it yourself. You can go to firsthand sources. But what I can tell you is one of the people who contributed was has been in law enforcement since he was you know, 22 years old, um, who, who ran the cross-border operations center and did counterterrorism for the Texas Department of Public Safety for years. Um, there's another person in this, as I said, who, who constructed the entire drawbridge system that is used still by the state of Texas today that our agencies, our federal agencies and local law enforcement rely upon, who's been doing this as systems engineer and in, in software and counterterrorism for 30 to 40 years. This was uh, drafted by the person who drafted the last formal uh, uh, national uh, assessment threat assessment on this. So these are these are not conspiracy theorists. These are people who have substantiated. They've been extremely careful, well, actually, and quite restrained in the information that is contained in this document. And uh, and if whether they are successful in surviving the onslaught of criticism and the attacks that will follow really depends on you, right? It depends on every one of us. Are you going to give oxygen to the tactics of cancellation, uh, you know, culture, and to the attacks of federal government and those with a with a self interest in discrediting this, are you or are you going to ignore them? I mean, why do you care? Why do you care what these people say? They've lied about everything under the sun. The same media organizations that come after you know Trump and attack him or you or anybody else or attack me. The same social media companies they censor the truth about COVID. They censor the vaccine injured. They censor those who have died. They censor naturalists who have solutions that counter what big pharma want. They censor the Hunter Biden laptop. They push false information about that. They lied about Russia collusion. They lied about Ukraine impeachment and, and Trump's rule. They lied about the Biden uh, corruption. I mean, why does anyone care what these people have to say anymore? I don't know. I don't give any oxygen to what they do. I couldn't care less about anything they have to say. They have no power over me, absolutely no power over me. And I would encourage everybody out there to stop listening to these people because they have proved themselves to be absolutely worthless. Laura, one, one question. So about, about one week ago today, I was standing on the border of Israel and Syria. On the other side of us from was Lebanon. This is the Golan Heights. So I was standing atop the Golan Heights. We're looking across one of the most militarized, 
Uh, you want to talk no-go zones. You want to talk DMZs area. That's a border. That's a serious border. That's a country that takes their border security, their sovereignty, their nationhood very, very seriously. Our country obviously doesn't do that. And you're detailing that in this threat assessment. And I can't wait to read this to go through chapter and verse. What it sounds like it's, it's not, it's even beyond that. It's a baseline assessment of everything that's going on. But here's my question though. The reason that the politicians across these borders and the reason that this isn't getting the prioritization and the financial backing that it needs within the agencies and the hierarchies is that there are people at the highest levels that are actually benefiting from this. Isn't that true, Laura? That's the reason that we can't shut down our borders the way that Israel shuts down their borders. The reason that we can't have a Golan Heights type of border security at our border is that there are people who are getting, remember, 10% for the big guy, right? There are people who are making money on this on both sides of the border that are in cahoots with the cartels that's the reason that we can't have our border shut down look and you want on the immigration question you got republicans the chamber of commerce saying they want the low-wage workers you got democrats saying they want the voters that's why so many of our politicians are turning a blind eye they won't care what the threat assessment is unless we actually do something about the politicians and the the moneyed interests that are making uh, that are essentially exploiting these people, the people that you're very, the very people you're talking about and, and identifying here that have been sold, their children in many cases have been lost. We don't know what's going on with them, but there are people making money hand and fist with this situation. Isn't that the reason that these threat assessments seem like they get, they come out year after year, but they're going nowhere? We have to take this threat assessment, this information, and then go to the politicians that are supposed to be representing us. You're right, Jack, but it's only part of the story. The money is an incentive for many people who are involved, and there are corrupt officials always that are drawn into this. But at the end of the day, our leaders have the power to change all of this in a heartbeat. It's exactly the same with Afghanistan. They didn't have to leave $80 billion of military equipment in the hands of the Taliban. They didn't have to lead you know, U.S. Marines and soldiers through minefields getting killed year after year. They could have leveraged the technology, the advanced military capability that this nation has and the, against the Taliban, and they could do that against the cartels. They could declare the cartels terrorist organizations and bring the full resources to bear of the United States government. Donald Trump wanted to do it, and he was prevented from doing it. He was prevented from doing it by the type of corrupt leaders who you are talking about. And they're not just motivated by money. On one level, yes, it's very convenient for the people who are the masterminds, right, of these policies to use corruption as a cover and a shield, to use money and money incentives. And there's no doubt, you know, that for the cartels, they're making billions out of this, right? I mean, human trafficking is estimated to be worth about $150 billion a year. And that's probably not even an accurate figure. It's bigger than that. But what that masks is a much more sinister agenda here, where there is actually, I mean, I've spoken to sources, one of whom was actually in meetings where this was discussed in behind closed doors at secret meetings at the UN level, where the plan was discussed to infiltrate 100 million people into this country for two reasons. One, to dilute the pool of Americans who actually know and understand what it means to be American, what this country was founded on, right? The inalienable rights that are that are from God, 
that form the basis of the Constitution. If you don't teach your kids about that in schools anymore, if you teach Marxism as a system of economic organization that's equal in weight to capitalism, which is happening in schools across America today, if you don't want to to talk about the Pledge of Allegiance and you don't want to mention God and you don't want, um, you know, you want your flag to be a symbol of extremism and domestic terrorism. And uh, uh, instead of it being a symbol of something great that is the basis of this nation, if you want to teach your kids that are coming into this country that uh, white people are, are all white supremacists and are all racist, you're, you're diluting the pool of people in this country who want to fight for what it is to be American, who understand what it is to be American. And that is by design. It's not an accident that that's happening. It's being manipulated. And there are people who are paying for that. They have names, they have faces, and they have addresses. And I'm sure, you know, they don't want me saying these kind of things. I know this is why, you know, the attacks come in the form of another Daily Beast article or another hit piece in the Washington Post or the New York Times. I don't know, and I don't care. And, and that's, you know, and there's much more sinister um, threats that come, like death threats mailed to my house. And I'm one of many, anyone who speaks out, they're either attacked publicly, they're discredited, or they disappear. I don't care, okay? Because my kids are not growing up in a world in which people say, oh, you know, kids are trafficked and raped every day for money, and that's okay. No, it's not okay. And the second part of this plan is to create a regional government of Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, of going to these people who've come in who still have families in other places and saying, you know, we need a, a regional government that can facilitate travel for you so you can bring your families and you can go back and forth and this is how they break down sovereignty and break down nations all over the world. So there is always a political plan behind everything that you see. And as powerful a motivator as money is, it is not as powerful as those who want power. Laura, how do people get to find out what went on at the summit? How do they get this threat assessment when it's ready? And how do people follow you, not just on social media, but your, your shows, podcasts, all your writings? So there was a, the Epic Times uh, recorded this live and streamed it. So you can go to the Epic Times and find the live stream of the event. I really urge you to do so. You will hear from Jason Jones, a former captain in the uh, Department of uh, Texas Department of Public Safety. That's a a very low key way of saying is one of the biggest brains of counterterrorism on both sides of the border um, who spoke this morning. And he, um, you know, he was uh, followed by another great speaker from the DEA with more than 30 years of experience, worked all over the world. Um, and then we heard from uh, someone on the front lines of the trafficking issue. And our last speaker was involved in setting up the, the technology, the eyes and ears, the intelligence system along the border, who had some really interesting ideas um, that are in the threat assessment that there's a lot of, of action items in the threat assessment. It will be made um, available uh, publicly um, when it's ready and, and that will be put out. You can follow me to find out how that happens. Um, I'm on Locals, I'm on Getter, I'm on True Social. I gotta tell you, I am not on Facebook anymore. I am not on Instagram. I am not on YouTube. I am not on Twitter because these platforms traffic in children and men and women every single day and i would urge you to stop giving money to the people who are censoring you who are uh are slitting the throats of this country 
and who are trafficking in people. So I, I do still have my sites there because when you click on a link that someone sends you, it takes you onto these platforms. It's not a perfect process, but if you can begin gravitating towards platforms that don't traffic and putting your money and voting you know, uh, with, your, with your feet in places that represent the values that you have and that you want your children, for your children to grow up in and, and, and vote against uh, the people, right, who are intent on destroying this country and everything that it stands for. Lara, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Yesterday's interview uh, blew up, and today will do the same. Thank you very much. Look forward. We're going to get and linked everywhere on our Getter accounts, all our social media, and at the War Room to the APEC Times uh, coverage of this event today. So thank you very much for taking time away and joining us. Thank you so much. Nice to see you. Lara Logan, a true hero and an American patriot. Jack, I, I think that, um, and I've said this for a while, I think we need a threat assessment. You need to get the facts on the table. I mean, we did one or two of these human trafficking shows, and we get these professionals on here. The question is definitely, hey, there's so many of these kids coming in here being trafficked in, and where are they? They're, they're not, you know, the, the, the authorities can't actually tell you where they are. We need to get that. We need the facts out there. So that we can start, you know, stop criticizing people for saying they're conspiracy theorists, but get the facts out. Also, the Jim Caviezel movie. I mean, the yes. Jim Caviezel movie's got to come. In. The Caviezel movie, the film of the Caviezel has been working on for so long. And I know Jim personally. He's, I would say he's a friend and, and a great man. That film and also a threat assessment from qualified people, I think will take this conversation to the next level. Look, it'll take it to the next level, Steve. But, but I, I really want to drive this home. This is something at, at the Great Reset Conference. We're focused on agency. We're focused on what can people do. It's you get the tools. The film is going to be part of that. The threat assessment is going to be part of that. But then you have to go to your local leaders, you have to go to your state leaders, your federal leaders, whatever it might be, whether you're in a border state or not. And of course, we know all 50 states are border states at this point, that you have to actually get them and put their feet, hold their feet to the fire yeah. and say, you need to do something about this and this right no, now. And I don't, I don't I want know, to hear I, it. No, I don't want I, to hear no, it. I agree with you, but that's, that's why I think we need a, this independent threat assessment from professionals it's who great. doing this to sit there and go, Hey, there's not a ma matter of debate anymore. I think that's one of the big questions. A lot of people, right. this is very murky. A lot of people don't know about it. People don't want to talk about it. I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Oh, I think they know, Steve. I think they know because they're in on it. That's what I think. To, a lot to, of to Laura's point. Um, what I'm saying is the people don't know. I'm not saying yes. the authorities don't. Okay, short commercial break. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back. I got uh, Poso with me. We're going to have Jane Zirkel, uh, Captain Maureen Bannon. We're going to get an update on the Great Reset Conference, what's going to go on there. And then we're going to have Joe Allen come by, sit in here with Jack and I, and talk about this executive order that just got promulgated from the White House. This will blow your head up about transhumanism. Short commercial break. Be back in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. 
go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM BATTLEGROUND with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're here in the greater Phoenix metro area. We're at the Great Reset Conference put on by Turning Point USA. Got Captain Bannon and Jane Zirkel, Jack uh, Pasovic joining us. We're going to have the one and only Joe Allen join us in a second for transhumanism. Joe's actually going to speak tomorrow. So, Captain Bannon, tomorrow, what's the rundown? Who are you going to be talking to? Are you guys going to be in the audience? Are you going to be backstage? What's going to go on? We're going to be both backstage for a little bit and then in the audience, you know, engaging the audience and seeing where they're at and what they think of the great speakers at the conference. Charlie Kirk kicks off the conference tonight at 6 p.m. local time, and you're the keynote speaker tonight. And then there are a lot of great speakers to include Jack Posobiec, um tomorrow. Not just that. We finish. I tell you, we finish with Posobiec, and then we premiere your film. Tell us well, so, about the film. So, right. So the end of the – it's kind of the capstone for the whole – because this thing – Naturally. It's, it's, it's actually Jack a seminar. It's Jack Posobiec. It's, it's a, a workshop. It's a seminar workshop. It's a seminar workshop. Not a rally. On, this isn't the rah-rah. Yeah. Come, come back in December. We'll shoot. We'll do yeah. the fireworks. We'll do the. Yeah. Um, of course, Zir- we do. Zirkle and Captain Bannon thought that was that. They we came. Out, have, they yeah, came they out for a rally. They, yeah. they 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 showed up. It's well, actually Steve, be a workshop. Steve, of course, requested for 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 uh, for for America Fest in uh, in December. Steve said, "Whatever they gave the Queen, I want you to double that for me." All right, so take that. We'll give you the we'll give the, the royal procession. I'm used to get the cow Rittenhouse. That's what you I want. want the, the you know, you want the, the horse. How many horses is it again? Four, five, I, six. I think, it's, I think it's six. It's six. Okay, well, the full six horse carriage. But don't mention the Queen on. But what we've done? No, we've done. No, 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 no. We're not going to get. We're not going to talk about the lizard here. Um, but 
what what we're media doing matter is going to be all over us. Right? You just went there, um, Lara Logan. What we're talking and, and about Pasovic back to back. <laughs> what they what would they want for this conference though? The final end of it is going to be not only what you can do, but this document and this docu-series that I put together. Yeah. So with Turning Point USA, with Charlie, sends me over to Switzerland, says, I, you need to film this thing. What we did as we got detained, and that obviously wasn't something we had planned, but that does become the centerpiece of this. What we're actually doing is going through chapter and verse of Klaus Schwab's book. So each chapter of his yeah. book is a different episode of our series. They, they haven't been shy about telling us what they're doing, right? No. They lay it all out. No, and so they'll they'll throw out there, and Reuters will have that, and Dr. Malone will t has talked about the, uh, the ties between the World Economic Forum and Reuters and the WHO and all of this. Well, we just use their own words. We just use their own words. We show their own, uh, we show the consequences of their actions. We play clips of them. We've got the montages. We go deep into the archives of the stuff that they've tried to scrub from the internet. No, we resurrect all of it. Plus the fact that we actually got up in their grill. They sent thugs after us. That's the capstone of this entire thing. And it's going to be simulcast. Um, Real America's Voice will have, will be going back and forth from it. At, it's at tposa.com. We're going to have it up. Rumble, of course, by the way, which has been exploding. By the way, I don't know if you've seen the latest numbers on this, the latest uh, monthly user average on Rumble. We're talking in tens of millions yeah. at this point. So the, the energy is there. We believe the time is right now. We've explained what the Great Reset is. Now it's time to actually lay out the, the battle plan to go forward to dismantle it. I want to thank Real America's Voice, Rob Sig, everybody for doing it. April Moss is here. We've got an entire crew of Real America's Voice to, tonight and tomorrow. They're going to go. They're going to be going back and forth from the big Trump rally in Ohio with JD Vance and everybody, and also here, Mo. And if you are not in the Phoenix area and cannot make it here to see it live, do go to all of those sites mentioned yeah. and tune in both today and tomorrow to see all of the great speakers. By the way, so one of the reasons you guys go into the audience so much is that we're an activist show, right? We're about human agency and action, action, action. But I can tell you from CPAC. <laughs> and from the Lindell Summit. No, I, I'm going to laugh because I was at the CPAC. You got people don't understand. At CPAC, the audience almost took over the show, yes, right? They yes. almost, they were stealing the mic from Calamity Jane over here and they almost actually stormed, yeah. you know, like it was J6 over there on the yeah. war room yeah. and stormed the show and started taking over the thing. Poor Calamity Jane. We didn't train, we didn't tell <laughs> yeah. them it was actually going to be mobbed up. But this is one of the reasons you go in the crowd so often, right? Not just the speakers, but we really want to hear from the audience. Correct. And when I meet people throughout the different events I go to, everyone asks, how can I get involved? And yeah. this is a way you'll learn how to get involved yeah. and you get involved at the local level and you'll learn how to do that. Because, hey, here's the key is one of the, the secret sauce of, of the uh, of the conference. It's just not a workshop to you know teach you nomenclature and structure and dynamics, all that, which you're going to get in depth, right? The different pieces that converge on this. So you say, hey, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's up in my it's up in my grill. Not just that they lay it out very publicly of what they're going to do, but it's an action plan for how we combat it. Right. And plus, when you come to these things, you know, we always say, and Andrew Breitbart used to always say this at the events: don't leave here without two or three phone yes. numbers, contact Network. info, yeah. networking. Because the connections that I've made at various events that I've gone through, 
um, whether it be the RNC, the you know, for Trump in Cleveland, whether it be the various turning points. I've been going for five years now. I mean, this is really where you meet and yes. you can build those national yes. level networks because you're going to go off somewhere. But guess what? Yeah. Now you're in communication with someone who's got a precinct in a key, ba- yeah. a key battleground state that might come up for the election, that might come up for uh, voter integrity, and, whatever it might be. Boom. Now you got to. And this was people that came by the REV booth at both of them. They, they got to see, you know, get the network. You got you got relationships all over the country. Jane, you've got a book up there, Charlie Kirk's, and it's so well-timed, the cost game. Now, i got to be up front. You know, we've known Jane for a while. She's an integral part of the war room apparatus. We did strongly recommend that she go to college. And then you, you said, hey, you haven't read Charlie's book yet. Tell me about it. Well, it really talks about the indoctrination that's going on in American higher education institutions. And I mean, look, once you understand the globalist elitist agenda, you understand that they want you to own nothing so that they can own you. And that's just not being taught across the education arena in this country. And instead, we're being taught about climate change hysteria, about anti-American propaganda, which is all, you know, part of the Marxist playbook that the World Economic Forum operates under. And it's just disgusting and it is a scam at this point and children and their parents shouldn't be taking on thousands of dollars in student loan debt in order to be indoctrinated into this tell me what also the lessons you learned uh, from being uh, our in-field correspondent at both the uh, summit the mike lindell summit in uh, in missouri and also at cpac well, just look at the data. I mean, Turning Point in 2017, they had their first ever high school leadership summit and that I attended at the George Washington University, where I was about one of 100. And now going to the conference over the summer, where I was one of around 8,000. I was at that. I was actually at that high school summit. at oh, DW. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was what Mark Cuban spoke, right? Like very <gasps> briefly. I believe so. Yeah, I believe yeah, yeah. So. This is qu- really right before Jane got actually bounced out of high school for wearing a Trump hat, right? Yes. The, Jane, Jane actually got this. Is how I met her. Rudy was her lawyer. She got she got the heave ho from uh, from high school from wearing a Trump hat. Make America Great hat again. Yes. You've been a troublemaker from a very early age. Oh boy. The primary in D.C. That's where it all began. I was 14 <laughs> years old. The primary D.C. The, the Republican infamous, primary. Wow. Infamous Republican I thought primary. Thought Philly DC. was bad, but <laughs> D.C. I wouldn't even mess with. So that. you're going to be here all day with us tonight. You're going to be here over the weekend. Mo, yes. you're going to be here uh, doing uh, both speakers and people in the audience. It's going to be packed. The show tomorrow is just going to be on fire. Uh, what I want to do, if I can bring it, I got Joe Allen. We're going to be doing a little live change up here. Joe, maybe come over and take it. Jane, Mo, thank you guys very much. Joe, come over here. I got to get this. Uh, I got to get this executive order. We well, you know, that, Steve, uh, I threw out on Twitter and, and, and truth and get her today. I said, would you, would it be okay if Joe Allen spoke at the great reset conference, turning point USA? And at first I thought they said, I thought they were going to say, no, not in person, not him, not that guy. What with the accent and everything, Steve, the response overwhelming, and so, Joe, I got, yeah, we got to bring you in to talk about this because everybody, every single comment I got was, I love when he's on War Room. We love this guy. We want him there. They said it wouldn't be a great reset conference without Joe Allen. So I said, all right, we're bringing him out of the box. We're bringing him out of the box. And, you know, it's, it's, look, Steve, it's your, I'm blaming everything on you if this doesn't go well. Okay. T- now, don't you worry, guys. I got you. Oh, here we go. So here's where I know, here's where, here's where I know how we got this covered. Here's where I know we got it covered. We got it covered because the executive order that came out, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, not theoretical, but it's a little esoteric. The audience loves it, 
right? Because it's a combination of many things. But then they put this executive order out, and the great Patrick Wood goes through it and highlights exactly what they're saying. This is the operation. This is to operationalize transhumanism and putting taxpayer money in back. But you, you called it. You called every single line of this thing. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it's very rare that you see something so overt come to the surface like this, especially from the federal government, right? Usually it's kind of veiled behind uh, very innocuous language. Here you have an executive order that talks directly about editing the genomes of creatures from bacteria on up to humans. Wow. Uh, what, and they're talking about it in terms of programming software. And they've got this woman, uh, Renee uh, uh, Wegerson, who is... She comes from a background in DARPA where you have all these sorts of experimental technologies that are being uh, both invested in and then in some instances de deployed. She also comes from Ginkgo Bioworks, which is uh, the same sort of mentality, right? The classic transhumanist mentality where organisms are seen as machines or organisms are seen as uh, a digital technology and you also have this, this idea that digital technology is in some sense an organism. Very, very unusual for that to be so overt. And I think that the reason people are so shocked by this, aside from the ideology, what we're talking about is actually altering human beings in order to improve them up to a base level and perhaps beyond uh, talking hold, about hold biological hang enhancement. Hang on, hang on. They talk about edited humans, enhanced humans, and human 2.0. What are you supposed to, I mean, they've actually talked to you, they've said they want something beyond homo sapiens, and they lay it out in very very explicit detail in the executive order. Uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're coming right up to the line of enhancement. Uh, in, in DARPA, there is a culture well, well, ho, of enhancement. Ho, 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 right up to the, the line. They consider... We had the cold open on the yes. earlier show. They consider yes. vaccine to be phase one of well, the enhancement. Wait, 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 wait. Just real quickly on yeah. that note, uh, in that culture, especially in the military technology culture, vaccination is viewed as a form of enhancement and augmentation. There right. was that, that classic document uh, from the U.K. military, I'm sorry, the U.K. Ministry yes. of Defense, human augmentation, in which they talk about vaccination as an augmentation and that the the populace would be as resistant to the more extreme technological augmenta augmentations as they have been to vaccination. But Joe, here's let, let me ask you this: So, what what does this executive order authorize? Are we talking funding? Are we talking access to programs? Or is it like what I was talking about before the the idea of prioritization within these agencies? Because for folks out there who don't understand, is that when you and it is prioritization because when you could have a document, a threat assessment that comes out, etc. Yeah. But it's about what. No. The command signal is command The next day, the next day, they announced the head. They announced this new ARPA H, and they had a they had a cabinet meeting. They said, "Here's what we're all going to do to carve our part of our appropriations in." And we're starting with two billion dollars. Is that correct, Joe? That's correct. Two billion dollars, and then with, Ar money. with ARPA, they're pushing for six point five billion. Wow! Right now, they're at one billion. We'll see where they get. Hopefully. They pull the one. How dare they? That money's supposed to be for the people of Ukraine. But hold it, but hold it. DARPA is where all the advanced, really uh, dark secrets of the military come from. And they've been talking about the the machine man-machine merger as far as combat, animals. As, as far as combat troops go. Now they're basically creating a, a
DARPA called ARPA H, right. which is going to be the merger of really information technology. No, this is, and this is Robert Heinlein. This is this, this is going back stranger in a strange years. land. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. You know, the way Biden described it, uh, high risk, high reward. And what he means by that, uh, it, it, you're talking about what Klaus Schwab would call a public-private partnership, whereas the NIH is mainly government funding, slow-moving research. They're looking to go as fast as possible with all of these different experimental technologies, and they're going to bring in a lot of venture capitalists in order to, to fast-track well, these these. Everything let's, 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 talk, let's talk about the person they pulled in to, to run it, ARPA-H. She was at, you know, she's been all over. She's been DARPA. She went to, was a Ginkgo Biotech, which did a SPAC, a reverse merger. This company had a $27 billion market cap out of the 17 billion went to 27 billion. And the reason was they were promising all these new developments, right? Including on COVID testing, all that. They didn't exactly deliver. It's been kind of a disaster. She's been brought back on to head the team, quite frankly, because I think she's, she was the head of, I think, business development. She's very articulate and smart and she knows how to message. And this thing, the messaging, and this is what everybody said the other day, all the, all the, uh, all the mainstream media coverage was, oh, this is the moonshot. This is the cancer moonshot. This has nothing. Cancer is a is a is a is a front, just like, you know, helping the Down syndrome situation, helping people with spinal cord injuries or people who can't talk with the chips. That's all what they do for the empathy. This is you can tell the bottom line cuts right to in that executive order. They say the human cell is just as pro programmable as a silicon chip. Right. And we are going, the effort of this and this joint venture is to, is to start to program that biological cell, just like we do a chip, to either edit, enhance, or have a human 2.0. And this is my point. It has to be politicized now. We have to have a national conversation about this. This is not something you just go down the path, oh, we're gonna help solve a couple of these diseases. This is not about solving diseases. This is about playing God in human biology. Which, by, by the way, when, when it comes to these genome projects, you got to understand 23andMe, all the money that's going to, all that data, right? There's no laws over what can be done with the, with the genome data that's being come through. And by the way, why do you think it costs so cheap to run the 23andMe? You know that's being subsidized by the CCP because 100%. that's being farmed out 100%. to China. They're running all this stuff. So they're collecting a biometric database of U.S. citizens. That's going on. Of course, that's going to U.S. government. So you have to understand they're, they're looking at it from a perspective of a, what can they design to be that'll have the greatest effect on U.S. citizens? Combine that with the idea that this this mentality that Joe you're outlining that there's something wrong with you the way you're made that there's something that needs to be enhanced that they're going to go to you and it's not about spina bifida and and yeah. and you know different different uh, problems they're going to say this is being yeah. done and they're going to go to parents we can, we can who are edit pregnant we, who are we, pregnant 100%. and say we need to fix your child before they're even born it's Gattaca. Joe, jump in here. We can edit, we can enhance, and we can do man-machine merger. This is what they talk about in the executive order. And then we're going to get to human 2.0. Well, human 1.0 ought to have a say in that. And right now, they're just – and this is what's so bold about it. They are – they're hurtling down the path. They now have an apparatus. They have – they've set up a special function to do this. They've got all the government agencies. The administrative state has bought in one billion percent on this. This is why we have to stop it. If for nothing more than to have a national consensus on exactly where we're going on this, Joe Allen. Uh, absolutely. So you look at what they're discussing with, with 
treating a genome as if it were software. And it's the emblematic example of what the fourth industrial revolution is all about, right? Klaus Schwab calls this the fusion of the physical, the biological, and the digital. It fits perfectly within that paradigm. That's what I'll be discussing tomorrow. And I think that, it, to me, that sits at the heart of the horror of what the World Economic Forum is proposing which is a total civilizational transformation. So it, yes, of course, the economics are very important. The politics are very important. The cultural elements are very important. But technology is what confers the power. And so these technologies that they're discussing in such a reckless manner are really what will drive forward this change. Now, whether or not you can actually create some sort of perfected humanity, I'm very, very skeptical, very, very skeptical. But what you can do, without a doubt, is you can wreck human society, you can wreck human biology, and you can wreck human beings spiritually with these technologies. And it will provide power for at least long enough to push us to the side, and that's what needs to be fought back against. Well, let, let, let me let me try to drive this home, because I know th I know this gets very esoteric, but Steve, let me ask, let's, let's look at it this way. Imagine going to apply for insurance if you haven't submitted now to one of these augmentation programs. Imagine the the auditors sitting there, the bean counter saying, well, hold on a second, you want life insurance, you want health insurance, What? let me hear your augmentation, what augs do you have, right? If you haven't submitted to all of these programs, well, now suddenly your premium is going to be a lot higher. Why? Because they're going to view you or your company or your family or your children as a greater risk. And so they're going to push people into these programs because they're going to say, well, you're at less risk of heart disease, what? less risk yes. of lung cancer, et cetera, et cetera. What, what, about the, what about the young parent? When they uh, say, you, you, you know get what? the young parent to say with the thing, you, the you get the parent. enhanced, you can get the enhanced, you know, in family formation, it, let's go through the menu. You want for a kid the that, have a heart that argument, that that argument has been made have, very, what, what very, going to go for that. That argument has been made that if you do not augment a child that has been screened, their genes have been screened and they've been found to be defective in some way, and you refuse treatment, then you are basically considered an unfit parent. Parent. Wow. Those arguments are being made. You could have your children taken away. <laughs> what, did, from what did our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ say? There is only one unforgivable sin. There's only one eternal yes. sin. That is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. The Holy and Spirit. remember, we're made in the image and likeness of God, and the spirit we have is from the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, real quickly, I speak tonight at uh, be 10 o'clock Eastern time, 7 o'clock here on the West Coast. Jack, you're tomorrow afternoon at what time? The keynote uh, tomorrow, I believe it's 6 p.m. local. 6 p.m. local be 9 o'clock tomorrow maybe, night. No, eight, then, excuse me, 8 p.m. local. 8 p.m. local. Uh, 8 p.m. local or 5 p.m. local? 5 p.m. local. 5 p.m. local, 8, 8 p.m. East Coast yeah, 5 time. I know that math is tough. Um, and then, uh, hey, man, let's get back and then, to right, and then, and then right after, <laughs> right after the premiere of this new film right on the, on the, on the great reset, uh, you speak tomorrow afternoon at what time? That's right, four o'clock. Okay. Real America's voice is going to cover it all. It's also going to be up on the, on the website, I think, of, uh, of, uh, Turning Point USA. There's still time to get tickets. If you can't do it, Watch on Real America's Voice. Also, the great team of Real America's Voice is going to be doing the uh, is going to be doing everything from Ohio on the on the great Trump rally. Frank uh, Mike Lindell is going to speak there tomorrow. Mike Lindell is going to speak at the rally, and of course, Frank's speech. Uh, Lindell TV will be covering it till tomorrow morning at ten o'clock. We'll be back live tomorrow morning at ten o'clock for the War Room. A special. We got Jane Zirkel, Captain Maureen Bannon, Jack Basovic. Joe Allen and others, we're going to pr pull in and some other folks. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock.